0: sometimes there are those that that talk about how that that happened then that was needed in that time and it's not happening anymore and so what are one of the some of the things that we can take from scripture that can show us why that is still happening and that of course was a great event that that helps us learn more about what he had to tell us in that moment but it's still happening today yeah it's it's never good when we uh, as Christians or pastors teachers theologians whatever we kind of uh, just start winging it, we start, make, we start making stuff up, and uh, it never works really well, and it definitely goes with Pentecost. It's a very big issue, because it can, as we're going to talk about today, it, it's it's got so many levels to it, mm-hmm. so many experiences with it. Some people have um, tried and never and did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or, right. or just kind of decided to call something else the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because... It didn't work out one way for them, and so we make these, you know, theologies, same thing as those who would say, I'm a Christian, but they clearly are not. Or we tie Holy Ghost bumps to something that that isn't actually happening, it's just feelings. I feel God, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, all of that is neither here nor there, it can be just man, we all, we we can... It's so easy to get stuck and stupid. I just right. promise you I can I can do it like that, you know. I don't I don't even need a head start, you know. So we can do that. So that's why as we talk about Pentecost especially, we're going to look back and dig in the word and show you this this forever connection of resurrection day, Jesus rose from the grave mm-hmm. on first fruits and Pentecost, the second first fruits. Those two are forever linked and scripturally and in our lives with hundreds of millions of people over the world so it's important for us to understand what this was actually about so let me dig in let's follow the, the clue I mentioned earlier 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. Jesus was raised from the dead the first fruits of those who are asleep and uh, that's about what he began on the cross think of a tree at Passover All right. so what happens on trees? they produce something, life, in the form of seeds which when they fall to the ground and die then produce more trees it's the cycle of fruit right and again if first fruits is about resurrection at uh, resurrection day after passover then pentecost which is also called first fruits must have must at least involve some type of resurrection you should be looking for that because there's got to be connectivity there genesis 2:17 But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Or you could say certainly die there. Now that word uh, is moeth. And it's repeated when you look at the translation from into English. We just say you shall surely die or certainly die. But in, in Hebrew, it's just that same word moeth three times in a row. Literally, it would be dying, you will die, or simply you will die, 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 that kind of a word, right? It's repetition which... You will be dying. Yeah. You, or you will be really, really, really dead. Either, However you want to t- take that. That's the whole point. In Hebrew, it, it, it comes off a little funny, so that's why they translate it that way. But here's the, here's the point. It's not just expressing the certainty of your death, but the degree of it. Alright? Mm. That's why the repetition... This is death, as opposed to the many facets of life that Adam and Eve had been given by God. Like God, they are triune. God's triune in the sense of his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Man's triune in the sense that we're spirit, soul, and body. Right. Their bodies would die. In other words, the unity that existed with their spirit or breath would stop, and it would depart along with the awareness of life, which their soul experienced, right? Spirit and soul, two of the three there. The unity that existed between their spirit and God would also cease along with their eternal life, which is to say they would be eternally dying in a state of death or separation from all that is life. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to sum up in one simple phrase that right. you will surely die, certainly, or you'll die, die, die. But that's, that's you know, I know whether that's a funny translation, but that's probably a better cause it actually says what they're trying to say there. And the Lord and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So you're saying life as opposed to death. God puts the man to sleep, and then he takes his rib to form man, and therefore man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And then it says, and they were both naked which is Arom, the man and his wife, and they and were not ashamed. Now these two pop up there. Now in English, again, just kinda just roll right through that. If they were naked, Arom. There's actually three different nakeds in these scriptures hmm. here. This one is before sin. Arom. The word that's used for naked before sin doesn't specifically mean to be unclothed the man and the woman were covered in God's, what they we call it Shekinah or Shekinah, the Shekinah, the light or glory. Its best use would be mental, because mm-hmm. God himself was their covering. When it's gone, they're naked in a different sense, mm-hmm. if you understand. So this may be, for me, the simplest way to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not the breath of salvation. It's the Shekinah. It's the mantle. Of God's Spirit covering mm. us. That's good. All right. So there's two layers to who we are as as a Christian. So you may have come this far, but then you're still missing your mantle. Mm. And again, it goes back to those words we've talked: er, er, shema and shame, your name, your those words. That's what you're missing. That's why God says has these things 50 days apart, but they're connected because right here, just coming out of the grave wasn't the end he had something more right so let go a little bit further of course we know uh the sad end of the story of adam and eve they both ate the fruit and it says then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked so they and that's a different naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves so think about this glory was and, gone and they heard that's shema again the voice of Jehovah, God walking in the garden. Now pay attention there. That's that's a weird verse. That yeah. ought to just pop up there. They heard the voice of God walking. His <laughs> voice was walking, and that's literal. That actually is what it says. In the cool of the day. Now you could certainly say that in the breeze of the day or the cool of the day, but truly that word is ruach. That's the spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. So by translating it just really straight there, you ignore something that's obviously going on there and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah, God among the trees of the garden all right so we're talking again we're going through Pentecost here so we're talking about these voices these thunderings and fires and things yeah so here we have the voice of the Spirit of God walking and man hiding from him so this is that pre-incarnate Yeshua Jesus these appearances in the Old Testament are called Theophanies, and Jesus is usually called the Angel of the Lord or Angel of Jehovah. And it's not an angel, but that's just the title, the description of them. And notice that he's coming in the Ruach, the spirit, which is how he's going to come in the flesh 4,000 years later. And the voice is the focus here. Just like at Pentecost, when they spoke with tongues and prophesied, and when Jesus explains why he's gonna send the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I've said to you. So for the first time at the creation here, you're seeing this inner relationship of what God's gonna do in saving us and also filling us and replacing this, this, the loss, the naked that we lost. Pentecost always has voices and fires or the fires being his presence. When God wrote his word on stones at Sinai, there are tongues and there's fire. When he writes his word on our hearts at Pentecost, there are tongues and there is fire. Not a coincidence. Passover salvation is a baptism in water. Pentecost is a baptism in fire. Jeremiah 31 sums it up like this. Behold, the days are coming, says Jehovah, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in that day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says Jehovah. But this is the covenant that I'm going to break or make with the house of Israel after those days, says Jehovah. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, every man his brother saying, no Jehovah," for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says Jehovah, for I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Hebrew 8 quotes that passage in Jeremiah, and then connects it to Pentecost. Now the point in what we are saying is this, we have a, such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that Jehovah set up, not man. All right, I'll pay attention on that one. He didn't fulfill, Jesus says, didn't fulfill Jeremiah 31 on the cross. He didn't fulfill it walking out of the grave or during the 40 days he remained on earth. He fulfilled Jeremiah 31 by sending the Holy Spirit from the throne in heaven on Pentecost. That's ultimately what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was and is. The first Pentecost occurred 50 days after God brought them out of Egyptian slavery when they arrived at Mount Sinai and heard the voice of God declare the Ten Commandments, which they would later carve into stone and made a covenant with him to obey. 1,500 years later, on that same day, Jesus rewrote the law in their hearts, poured out the Holy Spirit, and filled them with the power of his word. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Hmm. Alright, right, why tablets of stone? Why hearts that can turn to stone? (laughs) Long after you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, boy, oh boy, you can fall away deep into sin, but still have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come with them. It's the same reason that God chose to engrave his commands on tablets of stone originally. There's two different kinds of letters. Letters which are written and letters which are engraved. The difference is that written letters are ultimately separate from what they're written on. They're not one with the paper or the parchment, like the Mm -hmm. letters are of ink, and they adhere to the paper. And then they're one. Letters are engraved. The letters themselves are from the same medium as that on which they're written. The letters aren't something external. They emanate from the stone itself. So when he says, I'll put my law within them, and I'll write it on their hearts, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. So when God does a work in us, it literally is transformative. Mm -hmm. He becomes a part of us. You can misuse any gift, use them in immaturity, use them in sin, submit them to the devil. You can walk away from your relationship with God as a son and into disobedience and throw away your relationship now and for eternity. Romans 8, 14 says this, for those who are led by the spirit of God, those are the children of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make a different kind of Christian. He fills you with his presence, empowers you with his presence, equips you with his presence, comforts you with his presence... Obviously, we need his presence. Yes. So it is something separate, but at the same time, we need to pursue him to receive it. It's that important.